Oscar date. I love your opening thing is turning more and more into, into, into was it Dale Gribble from King of the Hill? Where it's just, I go, you know what? That's Boom. That Boom Hour. A Boom Hour, yeah. Who's, no, Dale Gribble's the, okay, yeah, he's the. Uh, the With the glasses, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my god. But yeah, this week we're talking about. Oh, this is my choice. I should better know what I'm talking about. Um, we're talking about Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Because as we're recording this, we're just a couple hours out from the 2019 Oscars, um, at which uh, there's both the A Star is Born and, more importantly, Bohemian Rhapsody, our Best Picture nominees. And specifically, I've heard about how Bohemian Rhapsody uh, seems to exist in a world where uh, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story never happened. And so, <laughs> like, Bohemian Rhapsody is an unwitting, like, example of the kind of movie that Walk Hard is parroting, but they didn't, like, I guess Brian Singer, he's too busy fucking uh, small boys <laughs> to realize that, that someone had already made this movie ten years ago. Mm. So, yeah, this is... Yeah, the, the thing is from, like, what 2000... What was the other movie? Uh, Star is Born. Well, mostly, well, that's, well, that's a fictional biography that's not, like... It's still a musical-related film, but I've heard a couple people still, just because it's a musical-related movie about stardom, and, oh no, the famous guy, he's doing drugs and he's spinning out of control, still uh, deals with some of the same tropes uh, that that Walk Hard is. Uh, I wonder, so I did just watch this movie last night, and I thought it was pretty, Mm -hmm. I thought it was okay. Uh, it wasn't yeah. nearly as knee-slappingly, ass-blastingly hilarious as, as I've heard some people talk about. No. Uh, but I kind of wonder if I would have enjoyed it more if I had seen more of the biopics that this movie is know. riffing off of. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen any real, like, biopics. I don't like biopics, I like... Exactly, uh, yeah. I prefer, like, just documentaries and stuff. I don't really like, uh, yeah. we recreated the whole thing. I mean... Yeah, yeah, my touch. I, I love Gary Busey, and I haven't even watched the Buddy Holly story. Wait, he's in the Buddy Holly story? Yeah, he's Buddy Holly. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Gary Busey? <laughs> yeah. Why <laughs> Gary Busey? I'm assuming this is like way long ago when he could have maybe kind of been Gary. What? <laughs> that's like that sounds like the kind of casting you would have done for Dewey's Dewey Cox, where it's like sixty-year-old Gary Busey with three teeth smoking meth, like pretending to be like nineteen-year-old Buddy Holly, all sharp dressed and well spoken, and oh my god, <laughs> um, it's from nineteen seventy-eight. Okay, that, that that makes a little more sense. Like, cause like, yeah, I'm thinking like burnout Gary Busey, like 1991, rolling in a wheel down oh, the that hill. Great. Uh, mm. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! I mean, he still looks like Gary Busey. Does he? Yeah. Let me I mean, see. You, you show me you a picture. Can't, you can't make Gary Busey not look like Gary Busey. Uh, oh yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's the other thing. Oh, I guess so if you put glasses and Tussle's hair, it's not completely inaccurate. But yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. So yeah, so yeah. The the only biopics I've really seen in my life, musical related biopics, by was biopic means biographical motion picture. Like I saw because my mom may have been watching them when I was a kid on cable or something like that. But like, I, mostly my 
knowledge of the kind of movie that Dewey Cox, Walk Hard, whatever the hell you want to call it, I'll just call it Walk Hard, uh, is riffing off. I just mostly know just from seeing the trailers, the Oscar bait trailers, when going to see Mm -hmm. other movies, like, you know, going to see Batman, and there's a trailer for, like, yeah, the musical biopic. Yeah, you know what? That was a big thing back in the day, and it was all like, yeah, and the trailers were kind of... Uh, I, it's, 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 it's funny because I saw, I had to download, you know, the trailer for the interstitial, uh, stuff for the podcast today, and I'm kind of surprised they didn't make the Dewey Cox trailer kind of a parody of other trailers of, for those kinds of movies, it's more just mm. like a general comedy movie, you wouldn't suspect that Walk Hard is specifically, uh, just from judging from the trailer alone, is specifically riffing off of that kind of genre of filmmaking so specifically, it just seems like a comedy about... Uh, what's his face, John C. Riley, just kind of being an idiot. But you don't realize it's really gonna be like the the laughs aren't as so much from like oh well like l- let's watch John C. Riley be an idiot as much as it's just making fun of the kind of movie that that movie is. Yeah, I I, I, I although this also I also like you didn't find it like least happily hilarious. And also, I felt like they played their hand a little too heavy at the first half of the movie with, like, his brother being like, I'm never going to die. Nothing bad's going to happen to me today. And then they kind of stopped doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I, that was some of my favorite parts of the movie, though. Yeah, I'm not saying it was bad. I recognize that it's a funny thing, yeah. but... Um, and I kind of wish I didn't know that his brother would... Because if I had actually known a little bit less from this movie... Uh, from hearing other people talk about it on podcasts and stuff, I think I would have found mm-hmm. that like like the opening thing with the brother would have been funnier, knowing that they were just gonna flat out kill this fucking kid. Well, you know that he's gonna die the moment he says nothing bad's gonna happen. <laughs> exactly. To me, right? And the one I was like, was he just gonna get maimed or is he gonna get killed? And I've heard that he gets killed, and that's mm-hmm. I didn't do much. I, I I did a little bit of research into this movie, and there's not much to say about other than the fact that Walk Hard was written and directed by Jake Kasdan, who's the guy of Larry Kasdan, who's the guy who wrote um, Empire Strikes Back and Raiders of the Lost Ark. And Mm. it's weird, because, like, I guess this movie bombed hard enough that Jake Kasdan never got another bit of work again until he co-wrote Solo, a Star Wars movie that came out last year. Uh, And uh, just that and the fact that this movie is very specifically, at least the origin of Dewey Cox, is supposed to be just a riff off of Johnny Cash and specifically. Now, have you heard what happened to Johnny Cash's brother? Uh, maybe. (laughs) This is the funny... So I was like, okay, well, okay... So Dewey Cox's brother gets cut in half. And I was like, oh, that's pretty fucked up exaggeration of what must have happened in real life. So I'll look up and see what happened to Johnny Cash's brother. <laughs> this movie is not really exaggerating. I guess Johnny Cash is his older brother, not his younger brother. Uh, fell into like a, a table saw at school and got nearly cut in half. Jeez. But then he lingered for like two days before he finally died, and that was like, yeah, that was like like 1941 or whatever. And I'm like, how did they keep that poor bastard alive for two days after? The, I I should have looked up to then see done more research what they meant by nearly cut in half. Does that mean he was just hanging on by one like thin little beef jerky strip of skin, or like what the hell does that mean? And yeah. so, and then Johnny Cash claimed to speak with the ghost of his dead brother for the rest of his life. And yeah, that sounds like Johnny Cash. Yeah, I know, yeah. And not specifically that Johnny Cash's dead brother's ghost would age along with him, which <laughs> explains why Jonah, Jonah Ray just suddenly shows up as Johnny Cash's dead Was brother's ghost. The, 
Was that in the Johnny Cash movie? <sighs> Which one? I'm assuming there's got to be a couple Johnny Cash movies. What was it? It's the one, one with Juan King like, Phoenix. Yeah, did that come out like the, a week before or a week after Walk Hard? Because I remember when that came Probably. out. I got the trailers for that confused with Walk Hard. Because that mm-hmm. like is, looks and sounds exactly like this movie. Um, enough that, like, I kind of wonder if they were halfway through production of that Johnny Cash biopic when Walk Hard came out, and they were like, oh, shit. Um, yeah, I guess Walk Hard bombed know. hard enough. I guess it didn't impact the Johnny Cash movie that much, but, um, so you watched the version of Walk Hard that I gave you, right? Correct. Because I guess I didn't realize we were watching, like, an extended cut, which actually has, it, it sounds like it's reasonably extended. Like, yeah. there's more nudity, <laughs> And a, yeah, a lot more penis than I was expecting. There's a decent amount of penis, which I have to respect this movie for. There's just a lot of just hey, pee. There's just a flaccid dick on that screen for a good five minutes, mm-hmm. and uh, a couple extra jokes. Um, <laughs> the one big joke that this movie seems to make that seems to be divorced from just poking fun of the genre is the fact that Dewey Cox's last name is Cox. So there's plenty yeah. of like, hey, my you sausage. You don't want none of this old dirty Cox. <laughs> it's like, oh man, if that's that, that's the caliber of, of material you have outside of just making fun of other movies then you're, yeah you're better off just sticking to other movies because like the original jokes in this movie aren't necessarily that great yeah uh, that felt a little adam sandler yeah especially with the caliber yeah exactly especially with the caliber of people you have in this movie every five minutes there's some kind of crazy like you just people even if you don't know their names you're like oh it's that guy from that tv show it's that guy from that tv show it's kirsten wig it's what's her face uh, it took me it took me a couple of mil- have you ever seen the office uh, yes. It didn't. It, well, it took, no, but I knew. I knew that that was who she. Yeah, and I, it, it, she was on screen for five minutes before I realized. I was like, oh my god, it's Jenna Fisher from The Office. And I was well, like, oh you, my god. You have face blindness. I though. have face blindness, and also she's all like titted up and everything like that. I have never seen her like all like, hello, my titties is hanging out because I've only seen her in The Office. Uh, mm. So, but anyway, but yeah, walk hard. Uh, starts off with Dewey Cox. He's on a farm with his little brother, and he had, like you said, like I don't know if you don't want to do a blow by blow. We could just talk about the uh, I didn't, general. I took literally zero notes, so, so I can't really do the blow by blow. Okay, this might be a short episode. No, it doesn't. I, I, do, it doesn't uh, start with that. It starts with him backstage, like, oh, looking for him that's... backstage, and his his bandmate has, tells the person looking for him that he has to remember his entire life before he goes on stage. And so, right after I was finished watching this movie. Uh, again, half the reason I'm watching this because people making fun of Bohemian Rhapsody just being an unwitting remake of Dewey Cox. That movie does start. I watched it. I fired it up right after I finished uh, Walk Hard. That movie literally fucking starts with fucking uh, Freddie Queen waking up in bed, feeding his cats, going to Freddy Live Queen. Aid. What's his name? Freddie Queen? <laughs> Freddie Queen. <laughs> That's what his name is, right? <laughs> Turns out they didn't actually get clearance for his whole name in the movie, so they have to call him Freddie Queen. <laughs> so Freddie Queen, he goes to the ballpark to sing his song, and it is exactly like a short of someone just coming out saying he's got to think about his whole life. And then yeah, it, it, in 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 Bohemian Rhapsody, it's Freddie Queen. He like he's just about to walk up on stage, and suddenly flash cuts to him like being a baby singing "We Are the Champions" to the other babies in the Muppet Baby Music Museum or whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah, that movie's a piece of shit. I turned that off halfway through. Because uh, that movie's totally like the kind of movie where it's like, no, these nothing. record company executives said we can't be the champions, so we're going to write a song called We Are the Champions. It's that kind of bullshit. I was like, oh no Oscar movie has ever been banned. <sighs> I know, exactly. Shock a lot. Oh my god, fuck that shit. But yeah, so, but that's that's probably the biggest, funniest joke in, in Walk Hard is just that opening. He's got to think about his whole life. 
Especially because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, John C. Riley's all leaning up dramatically against the wall and, like, just staring down, being all super intense. And I did like that they, they, they didn't try, when you get a flashback to his childhood, you do get him as a child when he cuts his brother in half with a machete because they decided to have a machete fight. Yeah, um, <laughs> I did like the machete fight. Yeah. Uh, I, I did like that after that's all done and he's the wrong child died, as his dad says. Yeah. Uh, um, I do like once he's a teenager, they just make it's just, just John C. Riley. Not John C. Wait. It is John C. Riley, right? Is it? Who's the. Who's the. I always get his name and the other guy's name mixed up. The guy from Fargo. Billy Bob Thornton. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who's the other guy from Fargo? Oh, you. I know it's oh, the, 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 the guy. Yeah. Fargo cast. They're, Time to Google. They're not. Yeah. Their names always Well, they both became stars at kind of like the same time. Fargo cast, let's see. Uh, no, no, he's, he's married to What's-His-Face. What's-Her-Face. Oh, my God. William H. Macy. Yeah, that guy. Well, they, yeah, their names, their names are the always same get cadence, too. Yeah, John C. Riley yeah. and William H. Macy. Um, yeah. <laughs> love the idea. I'm just picturing a version of Walkhard with the William H. Macy just even be more of a sad sack. Um, I do, I do love his mom comes on. He's like, "Hey, fourteen-year-old Dewey Cox," and it turns around. It's like fifty-year-old John C. Riley. That's yeah. funny. Um, it, it the setting up the joke of the movie is the funniest part of the movie because then afterwards you actually have to come up with story and stuff like that, which you know, some some funny parts like let's yeah yeah. Uh, so what? Like he's he's part of, like a singing band, like a normal just kind of like. 1940s band at high school, but then they get a gig at a. Well, they sell. They sing the devil's music. Oh, uh, that's right. They go to a black place, and because it's black people, it's all like crazy. I <laughs> don't guess. know how to describe it. It's sexually fluent. Everyone's bouncing around the <laughs> off the walls. Oh, the one bit I did like when he was a kid, though, he like the moment, like like five minutes after he cuts his uh, brother in half, he has to mm-hmm. go get like something from the store for his mom, and then he ends up playing the blues. For two old bluesmen, too <laughs> like he's just got the. I almost, I almost kind of wish they had just dropped Tom Waits's voice into that kid at that moment. Uh, but mm. it is that, that. I thought that was kind of fun. But yeah, as an adult, uh, yeah, he, his first big gig is playing. It's just him too. It's not even his whole band, right? Correct. Oh, cause he's like mopping floors at this black club. Yeah. Yeah. He's, even, think, he's uh, got like an Asian is... hairnet on, or a uh, uh, Latino hairnet on too, which cracks me up. It's you. You mean a hair? Just a hairnet? Well, this this is one of the, okay. I, oh man, this being me, me being racist. This is, <laughs> oh, I got what I'm gonna say. No, next. they only. Oh they, no. Uh, no, they, they, no. Latinos get their own special hair nuts. <laughs> just specially formulated for Latino hair. I'm just seeing guys in Latino gangs with those hair nets. <laughs> I was growing up in Texas and fucking war as and shit like that. I'm just whatever. <laughs> terrible that it's associated hair nuts with gangs rather than just like food safety but that's i didn't occur to me that that's what that was because he's worked oh yeah, okay jesus christ bill mudrin what the fuck's wrong with you okay oh man good so, stuff bro. <laughs> yeah craig robinson he's like the lead singer of this band and i don't forget what happens his fingers get all fucked up so they need a replacement they need a martyr mcfly it yeah yeah he was trying to open a car drawer trunk <laughs> that's save right. some white boy yeah Damn man, I sliced my hand. Every yeah, well fucking don't get me started about my yeah. future. But yeah, so Dewey Cox he has to go on stage. And then I the, 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 
to joke with the Jewish agents. I do, it didn't land for me. I, I get what they were going for, but it's one of those things where it's hard to tell if it's if, if, if it's if, racist if, or it's making fun of racist tropes like this or what. Yeah, it felt like it would belong more in a movie like Airplane. Yeah, than Mel Brooks necessarily or, this because like, it's just it's so broad, dude. Or is it usually like? Is the punchline just like I know they come out and they say, "Oh, you know, Jew, Jews run the entertainment industry, so you gotta be nice to these guys." But like, yeah. is it a thing that in most musical biopics, it's, is it usually like a Jewish record executive discovers people, I or is it just know. making fun of the stere? Like, yeah, I, that's yeah. When the joke is making fun of a stereotype that is. Are you talking about like a social social stereotype or a stereotype that's just particular to this genre that they're making fun of? It's not clear, so it's extra. Just I do like the cast because it's it's Harold Ramis, it's Egon from Ghostbusters, and it's Martin Starr, uh, mm -hmm. what's his face from Freaks and Geeks, but and some third guy I forget who the fuck that is, but yeah, and they're all yeah. <laughs> their whole names are like Lechaim and Mazatov and shit like that. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, I feel like it would fit better in an airplane movie or one of those. Yeah, because there's not really a joke comedies. other than they're just Hasidic Jews. Yeah, and that's it. Like they're not funny. They don't tell jokes. It's it's nice to see Harold Ramis in a movie again. Yeah. But like other than that, yeah, that's it. <laughs> the cast is fun, but yeah. Who's yeah. the third Jew? I don't know. Is that? I always yeah. feels bad saying Jew too. Like say, walk, walk hard cast. I need to fire this up. Because there's oh, so yeah. many Good faces luck in this movie. Finding that, when the cast of thousands. Wait, was that Ben Schwartz? Look. What the hell was Ben I Schwartz in that movie? I don't know. Crazy. Anyway, crazy. Not the Walk. What the hell's the? Oh, that's that Phil George Gordon Levitt movie. I don't want that fuck. Phil George Gordon Levitt. Yeah, fuck his face. That's a lot of people would like to. <laughs> really? Is that like a known thing? Like. Among face-fucking circles, he's been known as particular, like, if he could fuck one <laughs> face in the world. Yes. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he's got, like, yeah, hmm. Anyway. Yeah, but he gets his big break because they hear him play at the bike club, and then they, he sings, what is he singing the, the studio session that he gets? He's singing, like, That's Amore, I think. Yeah. Which, looking this up, I guess, is a reference to the first time Elvis was in a recording session. He tried to sing something like that, like an Italian, like, Frank Sinatra song. And mm. it was terrible, and so it wasn't until he was allowed to record his own material that the people in the booth were supposed to, like, oh my god, this kid, like, pretty much what this movie is, oh my god, he's gonna be a star. Yeah. And that's that's exactly what happens here. The one guy from SCTV, he's like running the the control board in the recording studio, and he's all like, "Your music is terrible. I'm gonna let you sing one more time." And yeah, he does. And so he's he like 15 or 16 at this point. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, he's still young enough. Like yeah, he, it is kind but of. But he's got like five kids already. Yeah. Oh yeah, freaking because the movie starts checking in with. He's now... Is he already married to Kristen Wiig, or does he meet, like, Kristen... I don't know. Yeah, they, they like, meet up. They, like, get married as soon as he leaves his house. His dad kicks him out. Oh, that, that, that's that's right, yeah. And, like, the moment... Like, literally the moment... And, and she like, plays the, the uh, you'll never... You'll never do it, do we? Type 
character. In there are some funny bits in the movie where he'll be talking to her on the phone and they'll have a conversation and she'll just slip in the phrase, you're never going to do it, do we? Like, there's yeah, one, I forget there's one part it. later on the film where he's hanging up on her and she's mm -hmm. here very quietly. It sounds like a joke that they just dubbed in after the fact that as he's putting the phone down, you hear her just go, you're never going to do it, do we? Click. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Yeah, because these characters, they're not characters. They're just... Stereotypes. They're, they're just archetypes. Yeah. They're just they're, they're just fulfilling. Uh, they're fulfilling one very narrative function, and her function is just to constantly neg him and reproduce. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. So that's that's all she does. Every time he comes back home, she's got like five more babies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's just a decent character for what she's playing. Yeah, it's Kristen um, Wiig. I've seen her do really funny bits on Saturday Night Live. I've not like seen the baby much... hand lady. I, d I don't even know, because I've never really seen much of that era. Like, I've barely seen any, because she was on there at the same time, like, Will Ferrell was on there, right? I think so. They, they overlapped. Yeah, which sounds like a really good time, but I've barely seen any of that material. I've seen a couple bits with her in it, and it's kind of funny, because the couple bits I've seen her with it, are, like, something's happening where it's not, like, any, it, like, unscripted things are happening, and she's starting to crack up, and the fact that she's cracking up in the middle of the sketch is as funny as anything else that's going on. Well, but welcome to Saturday Night Live. I was about to say where the funniest parts are, are when things are going wrong. And I thought that was kind of charming, but, like, I've never, like... Yeah, she was in the Ghostbusters movie, and I've never seen her... Well, she, I actually like Bridesmaids. But I barely mm -hmm. remember anything about that, but I've never... Yeah, I don't know. But she... I don't know. It's I'm waiting for her to be in a movie where she gets to have more of a dramatic breath, other than just being like, Hi, I'm Kirsten Wig. I'm just... Wasn't there a movie that just came out recently where she was... She had a dramatic role in something recently that I saw. I don't know. I don't. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. She's the wife, and she's crying. <laughs> she cries. She cries. Yeah. Let's see. Christian. Uh, Christian Bear. Christian Bear. Christian Bear. Christian Bear. Let's see. What has she been in lately? I don't know. Lead us to the next chapter. What did you? Well, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember because, like I said, I told you before we started recording. I watched this. I it was just me and my oh, son this week. That's so oh, she was in Sausage Party. Probably. Oh, she was in Downsizing. Oh, she was in Mother. That's what I'm thinking of. I got no notes. Trying to remember what happened. Oh, she's next. playing the villain in the next Wonder Woman movie. Wow. Okay. Hmm. Anyway, but yeah. Is this where he goes on tour and promises to never? Yeah. Do anything wrong. And, and then... like, his first tour date is with a. He's like batting cleanup for Elvis Presley. And mm. he meets Elvis Presley, and Elvis Presley. It t I, I recognized the guy's face, but I didn't realize who it was, so I had to look it up. It's Jack White from the White Stripes. Uh, which other people pointed out also Jack Black is in the same movie later on, so. It was... Oh my gosh. <laughs> Meeting Truly, of the such minds. Amazing things have never, never been. So yeah, he goes on he, his first big public performance. Now he has to back back clean up after Elvis Presley. Follow him up, yeah. Yeah, and so he's really yeah. intimidated because like anyone who you know goes on stage after Elvis Presley, they're they're inevitably going to be a disappointment. But of course, he's amazing. And everybody loves him. Well, this is I think this is first public performance of Walk Hard, which stems from the the fight he had with Kirsten Wick right before he left home to go on tour. He's like, I gotta support you and your babies. I got, I'm gonna walk that road no matter what happens. I'm gonna walk hard, and that's and like then he goes like, oh, walk hard. That's a good idea for a song. And then this next scene happens, and he's turned to walk Which hard. Which is his trope, yeah. Yeah, and this is his number one hit that defines the rest of his life. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. What'd you think of the songs in this? Oh, uh, it's actually surprisingly pretty good. Like, yeah. Did anybody of note write them? Um, you know? I should have looked that. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I think John. It's not like I did any research. I, I'm thinking John C. Riley just came up with all these songs off the top of his head. It was a real, just really good improv. Oh. Um, I, I wonder if he talked to like anyone who did like the Bow Brother route that was on track or anything like that. Um, I did yes. see an online review of this movie. They were pretty straightforward with like, oh yeah, this t- just talking about the merits and demerits of this film. And somebody was like mm-hmm. talking about actually the, the remarkably scorching, ho- scorchingly hot groupies he ends up with throughout this film. Like even yeah, yeah. even for a biopic like this, like they have like unreasonably attractive ladies that he's having sex with, and it's funny too because uh, I'm watching the scene where he wakes up the next day. There's just piles of naked people all over his uh, bedroom. I guess I guess someone has bitten his nipple because there's lipstick all over one of his nipples, yeah, which I think I is kind of Oh yeah, but this is the scene. I think his wife calls, and there's the dude with the dick just standing next to his head the whole time. Is this? Yeah. Is this before or after he tries marijuana? This is, I think this is right before. Because right after he's done talking to Christian Wig and the guy's dick goes away. He goes to the bathroom, and yeah, black guy, (laughs) Tim Meadows, is it Tim Meadows? Is in the bathroom, and he's like, oh, Dewey Cox. You don't want no part of this, Dewey Cox. (laughs) Dewey Cox is like, and then he rattles off all the positive things that that drug does, and then Dewey Mm -hmm. Cox says, oh, I think I will try that. It's non-habit forming. Yeah, which that's kind of funny, and then... You can't overdose on it. (laughs) It's super cheap. It's the cheapest drug there is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so... Dewey Cox gets uh, smoked up with everyone else, and I guess, I forgot that his dad shows up here. It comes not. Oh, is that to say that his mom died? I think. Or yeah. Oh, that's right. Cause like. Cause she got vertigo, and at some point she. Yeah. Well, the she movie falls out a window the... dancing to his music. Yeah, the movie does the funny thing. Oh, we forgot to mention this when he's recording the, the walk hard in the studio or whatever. The song becomes enough of a big hit. That it literally becomes like instant. He's already famous by the time he walks out of the studio. Yeah. And so <laughs> this part reveals that, like, yeah, Dewey Cox's dad and mom were dancing to the song. And, but <laughs> since his mom has vertigo, she slipped and fell out the window. And that wasn't enough to kill her. What was it like? An iron lance on her head or something like that? Crushes the radio, her. I the think. The radio, yeah. She actually drags the radio music. out of her head. And so his dad has just showed up to tell him the news that his mom is dead, and again, <laughs> the wrong son died. Mm-hmm. And that's it, yeah. 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 His life is just full of tragedy. Cutting his brother in half, his mom's vertigo, which she mentions earlier in the film, saying, oh, not like any a little dizziness ever killed anyone. And yeah. so you're like, oh, well, she's going to die from being dizzy. And that's kind of like the end of the first part of Dewey Cox's life. I yeah. think I think from then on he just kind of goes on tour for more and there's a little more just like a little more I don't know if it's like a montage but like it does end like he's a little bit different he's older with like different hair and he's practicing on stage and some lady shows up and she's like hey I want to be your backup singer and she's mm. hot and she's got tits and her and she got red hair <laughs> and again even watching this now I can't believe I didn't recognize this as being Jenna Fisher for five minutes yeah Jesus I Christ. recognized her right away yeah but that's the difference between us I know what people look like <laughs> I just look at the boobs. I just I, I like I like. Oh, uh, but yeah. But yeah, he winds up falling in love with her, and then they have an affair, and then he. But she won't. Well, they don't have an affair. She won't have sex with him because she, 
she's not married to him. Yeah, well, they're, they're falling in love. And they start the montage of them falling in love where they have a duet on stage where they're singing about, like, I want to fuck you in the pants. But, mm-hmm. like, it's like the first half of the first half of the verse is some kind of innuendo. And it's like, I'm terrible at recreating what that gag is. No, but it's like, I want to bone you in the corn job. That that that's the perfect way to describe what happened there. <laughs> John C. Riley and Jenna Fisher pretty much talk about how badly they want to fuck each other in song. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's entertaining enough. There's uh, a bit where like go out for ice cream cones after the show, and like they're both doing like cunnilingus on the ice cream cones. Well, well, she's pretending to lick a dick. He's doing this cunnilingus thing, which I thought was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Oh, it's, it's, she's song Wood. <laughs> this movie's dumb huh? as shit. No, there's a part where they're just they're just both in a woodshed. They're, like, sawing pieces of wood for no reason. And, like, she's doing it erotically. Like, they're both doing, like, sexual motions while they're, like, like just, uh, for some reason, cutting wood in a woodshed. I'm assuming... Maybe you fell asleep during that part, because I'm watching it right now. Maybe. Anyway. Yeah, they it, just wind up. This is most of the funny stuff that Jenna Fisher gets to do in the movie. Is all this like mm. double entendre stuff while they're not even dating, but like kind of flirting with each other. Yeah, they wind up falling in love, but she wants to, to be married, so he marries her. But oops, he already married, and his other wife shows up for a surprise yeah. right as he's about to plow this just plower fields. Yeah, and she's got oops. her ankles around his shoulders, and like yeah, Kristen Wiig comes in and is all like, "Do it." Come what are you doing? I'm married already to you. What the fuck? And just, yeah. <laughs> just tell both of them it's not what it looks like. Oh, yeah. That he forgot that he was married. And they do have an argument about this that goes on for a surprisingly long while. And Kristen Wiig does. I think it's like, isn't Kristen Wiig who says, well, this got to look like the, this got to be the way one of us thinks this is. And so she yeah. grabs her stuff and runs out. And Dewey Cox all like, no, I don't want to get a divorce. Mm-hmm. I, and that's kind of the end of her story, right? Yeah, I don't... Does she ever... Uh, you see her at the very end when, in the th- audience yeah. watching his final performance, but... This is a weird thing, too, because I know, like, you know, they're, they're going through the, the all the dumb shit that happens in a biography like this, but it is funny as even a comedy... I know he's a fictional character, and these are all just, you know, like, made-up stakes and everything like that, but the movie does become less entertaining... With the when Louis Cox, when do do Dewey Cox, mm-hmm. <laughs> Louis Dewey and Huey Cox, uh, <laughs> when his life gets less fun, the, the the actual movie gets less fun too. Um, yeah, and oh, at I one forgot. point he does say, "Damn, this is a dark period." <laughs> that's that's probably the best joke in the rest of the movie. It's just like because he's yeah he starts drinking, and I think that like oh I, I I think he like he goes nuts. He starts tearing the sinks out of the wall. He runs into. Uh, fucking black guy in the bathroom again and he's like oh cocaine you don't want none of this cocaine. cocaine and I think he's like doing cocaine and drinking and that's when he says like yeah this is a real dark period in my life yeah mm-hmm. bro, that cracks me up that's, yeah. that's good enough I can see that just being something that kicks up in my head whenever anything bad happens to me for the rest of my life there's a real <laughs> dark period in my life but yeah, yeah. Um, what happened on next Bill what happened oh. next? He goes on is tour it, with it... his monkey and his giraffe. Um, he gets arrested. He gets thrown in jail. Oh yeah. Harold Ramis yeah. has to break him out. 
Mm -hmm. And <laughs> we're literally just scanning through the movies. And uh, Lechaim, who is does being it, played... Does that start the 70s portion of the film? Well, Lechaim shows up, Harold Ramos shows up and says, you gotta go to detox, you need to go to rehab. And like, so dude Cox goes through rehab. And as he's just getting out of rehab, he meets up with uh, fucking Jenna Fisher again. And they decide, is this when they decide to get married? They do kiss. Oh, and this is when they have their big sex scene. They finally succumb to each other's passions. Mm -hmm. And the movie does the funny thing where they cut to... Not so much for Jenna Fisher, because Jenna Fisher's actually hot, but whenever they show uh, naked uh, John C. Riley during the sex scene, it's obviously someone who's like a third his age. with yeah. Like, it's, it's an actual hot dude, which I thought mm -hmm. that was a pretty funny joke. Body but yeah, this starts the... the well, no, the, according to this, this is the 1966 stuff. Because, nah. like, like, he's on a farm with a bunch of other hippies and shit like that. And he's talking about how he wants to get all in the free love stuff. Oh, and everyone's making fun of him because now his shit sounds like Bob Dylan. Mm -hmm. And he's up on stage. He's dressed like Bob Dylan. And his newest hit song is Ooba-da-ba-doo-ba-da-ba-doo. <laughs> everyone's like, what the fuck is he singing about? Yeah. yeah. He, I, at least he doesn't... If, it, it, it's nice they avoided the Yoko Ono like obvious trope. They could have gone with it so many... Yeah. Well, I guess like because specifically they kind of kept his... Rather than trying to make him a parody of every rock star in the latter half of the 50th century, the what the what? Wait, I need another sip of the soda. I need some caffeine in me. The 50th century. The 20th century. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, that's Paul Rudd as John Lennon. <laughs> I just realized that. Um, oh, is it? I didn't realize but, that. Well, thing. I guess it'll be because they kept the, the, the... Yeah, he's just mostly Johnny Cash and... Like, the solo rock stars. They didn't mm. try to, like, he doesn't become part of a group, so I guess they made, like... You know, I'm kind of surprised they didn't almost turn this movie... Because you could have done... Well, I guess people have already done Beatle parodies. So, mm -hmm. no one's really done a Johnny Cash parody, so I guess this makes more sense. But, anyway... Dewey Cox does so, decide to go to India. I think it would have been... So, they, they meet the Beatles, who are obviously not played by the Beatles. I feel like... It would have been brilliant if they had just gotten one of the remaining Beatles to be in this. Yeah. As one of the Beatles. I do but like they... what how they did though, like who they, they this is a, this I love the cast and I do like how they keep on just saying, Hey, us, the four Beatles and like mm -hmm. how they just stand up and they do this more often as more celebrity show, but when they actually start getting celebrities from the seventies, everyone shows up and is like, Hey, I'm Patrick Duffy, uh, blah blah yeah. blah. But I do like how they kind of start that thing with the Beatles, where he's like, it's fucking Jack Black is doing a terrible Paul McCartney, which almost sounds like he's going to turn Scottish. And he's like, hello, I'm Paul McCartney. And he's just like, oh, my Paul McCartney, my, my weightless twinkle is totally frustrated by John Lennon, your stupid fucking bullshit. And they start fighting and... Uh, Jason Schwartzman is Ringo and he's just talking about yellow submarines and it's just fucking great. I thought that was funny. Yeah, no, it's 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 fine. I I, I, I I think I appreciate that they didn't try whenever they did this with like with this or uh, Buddy Holly or Elvis Presley when they have actors play other musicians, they didn't even really try to get somebody that sounded or looked the, like <laughs> no. the person. If anything, 
you've got these actors who look pretty much nothing like the, the the characters they're supposed to be playing, but they're all kind of making faces. <laughs> like Jack Black is kind of like making this weird kind of pinched like Paul McCartney face, and mm-hmm. like Jason Schwartzman as Ringo is just sitting with his lips pursed out, showing his teeth. Which I don't know what the hell that I don't is was Ringo known for sitting there just kind of looking like boo. Yeah. But that's what he's doing. Yeah, and, they didn't even try. They didn't even put, like, makeup on them or nothing. They were just yeah, threw some outfits I on mean, them and were like, you're a Beetle now. Yeah, uh, Paul Rudd's, like, wearing John Lennon glasses, but that's it. That's, like, the only thing that's, like, yeah. Well, which, like, again, I kind of appreciate how a- half-assed it is because, yeah. It's so many, so many biopics like this kind of fuck up and... Oh, oh, lean into like oh why randomly are these characters showing up and they're just like the, the whoever they got to play these characters are terrible and the movie just leans into that and I just love the Beatles constantly talking about how we the Beatles think you should do this and just it's very cute it's very funny it's probably the funniest thing that happens in the latter half of the movie yeah uh, so they convince him to try LSD which oh that's right yeah could release his demons oh and then yeah. they <laughs> And it turns mm. into the world's worst Wreck-It Ralph cartoon. Mm. Yeah. Well, is um, the animation in when he takes LSD and it turns into like the Yellow Submarine animation? Is it better or worse than the actual Yellow Submarine animation? It's way this this five minute segment making fun of Yellow Submarine is way more entertaining because we've talked about <laughs> Yellow Submarine on this shit. The fucking drawing for fucking Jack Black as Paul McCartney just looks like a pig man walking <laughs> on two legs. It's horrifying. And then, yeah, I guess Dewey Cox, he, he imagines himself being cut in half, and he has a bad trip, and, yeah. Yeah, poor God. Is this when his brother shows up? Like, Jonah Hill comes out and starts healing up? I don't re- I don't think Jonah <laughs> Hill comes out. I think he sees his, his brother as a kid again, but... Oh, okay, that's what it is. Yeah, and there's a bit where he's on a trampoline. Oh, and then it turns out he's got a manager this whole time we haven't seen up until now, played by David Krumholtz, who I really like. Um... Not that he's, like, super amazing in this film, but he, I've seen him in another, uh, other stuff that I've liked before, and every time I see him, I'm like, oh, it's David Crumbles. And, mm. like, Dewey Cox is getting really more into drugs and stuff, and his manager's trying to talk him out of it and stuff. And, and Dewey Cox decides he's going to record, like, a super album with, like, like an entire orchestra of 5,000 people. Yeah, and various sound effects. Uh, the sounds of a woman's breasts. I, I enjoy that. <laughs> Does back. he say that? No, he just puts a microphone against the lady's breasts. Oh, I, man, I must have been taking notes at that moment. Oh, which oh. is funny, because I didn't take any notes. I must have been... I fell asleep a couple <laughs> times during this movie. Oh, good. I, I, I honestly dozed the fuck out. There was a couple times I had to rewind it, because I, I missed some bits. Man, um, yeah, my wife was out of town, so it was just me and John. So I watched this in two sessions. The first hour I watched at work while doing tedious stuff and so i only kind of half watched it but i listened yeah. to the whole thing oh, and yeah. the other half i watched while fo- folding laundry okay at home so it sounds like you and i were both not super committed to this film well yeah it's it's not that great it's funny no. and i again i think i think i would have liked it better if i'd known absolutely nothing about it before watching because i think it's fun there's nothing i can point at uh, point at it and say, "Oh, that's bad" or anything like that. Yeah. But you get it's 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 a Saturday Night Live sketch that got turned into a two-hour movie practically because yeah, like in the first five minutes lot... of the movie, you get the point of it. There are several points in this where I did think this feels like a Saturday Night Live skit. Yeah, because it's it's a premise that didn't need two hours. 
No. Yeah. And that's the thing, the movie has to keep on doing more and more weirder shit to kind of justify its own existence, and it doesn't necessarily find well, kind the funny of, jokes but, to support it. A, a lot of the times, they just kind of, they, they waffle between being super weird and not. It, 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 it feels inconsistent, and not... Well, that's... Yeah, well, it that, doesn't lead back and forth too bad, but... Yeah. Well, that's going from a saying. child being cut in half and being like, "Oh well, <laughs> shit, I guess I'm I'm cut in half. You better go get Paul." Yeah. To just kind of being more serious with certain parts, it well, doesn't that's... leap so fast that you get whiplash. But it 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 there's a disconnect between some of the scenes yeah. for me. Well, that's kind of like what I was saying before. How there's weird tension between the jokes that stem from just this being a parody of a movie genre to its mm-hmm. own just dumb jokes that they just throw in there just because it's funny. Like the well, I guess the brother being cut in half is kind of both a little bit because the brother gets cut in half, but then they turn it into a joke in of itself where the kid's just sitting there for five minutes, just you, yeah. <laughs> just, just 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 monologuing at Dewey Cox, <laughs> like which I, although that kind of works, but like this whole this whole twenty minute segment in the middle of the movie is just essentially they're parroting. I've always heard about this, but I've never really learned too much about exactly what the hell happened. But uh, what's his name? Was it Mike Love or one of the guys from? Uh, the Beach uh, Beach Brothers. Oh, Jesus. Beach Boys. Beach Boys lost his goddamn mind, and was it the album Smile? Was it Brian Henson? I forget. I don't know too much about the Beach Boys. <laughs> but I guess he lost his goddamn mind and spent, like, two years trying to make this super album called Smile and did this kind of thing where he's like, I want five, I want 15 African tribesmen. I want 20 mm. guys playing didgeridoos, like... Kept on just doing shit like this, because at first I thought this was uh, kind of a parody of the Beatles when they were recording... Oh god, what's the song that rises up into the crazy like Long, a day uh, in the life? Yeah. And I think this recording session I well I guess this is supposed to be an al- uh, amalgamation of all of those kind of things in the 60s where you had these rock stars who just start off just singing about love and flowers and stuff like that and then like they have enough money they could just hire these like giant orchestras to play for them and they were losing their minds and just stewing on their own bullshit forever and that's what happens to Dewey Cox and this goes on for a while it's a long segment of the film yeah and it's the the real joke is just like oh look how weird Dewey Cox is he's trying to record a goat mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just kind of oh yeah I see what oh there's a titty he's trying to record a titty <laughs> I totally missed that before man it's not even a big titty oh and like his what he's married you need to, to get fr- your you need yeah. to get your titty radar checked Seriously, uh, maybe I'm not as straight as I thought. Oh, I was no. so fixated on that naked, exposed dick earlier, but the titties. <laughs> well, the dick was kind of front and center camera. Yeah, which I appreciate. The more movies need full frontal male nudity. Yeah. Oh God, this really—I'm you... scanning through the movie, and this really does go on forever. <laughs> like, there's yeah. no real point in this whole point segment this... goes until his wife tells him that it's—he needs to stop the craziness, or else she's gonna leave, and. He says he will, and hugs her, and then that wall, and then well, when she pulls away from him, he's popping in a piece of LSD into his mouth. Oh yeah. So she leaves, and then he rips more sinks out of walls. Yeah, and then doesn't Which he is his take thing. PCP, and he goes on a rampage in a diaper, and like flips a yes, car. Yes, I think that's the point. That happens at some point. Yeah, yeah. that's not, and he's in jail again. But when he flips that car, that cracked me the fuck up because I thought mm. that was. I thought this movie could use between that and. Uh, his dead brother showing up, or his dead brother getting cut in half. I think I think the movie could have used a little more spicy, bonkers shit like that. 
Um, yeah. Even though that's what, though, yeah, that's I what don't I'm know. saying. It's, it's, it feels a little inconsistent. Again, I think this uh, we might be laughing harder at some of these jokes if we knew what yeah, they were ripping like off if, of. Yeah, better. I feel like, like I I need to have seen more biopics to get a lot of the jokes in here. Yeah. This I feel like if 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 they had done a like if they had done a mockumentary about the life of some ballet dancer. And, like, I could laugh at, like, oh, the guy's just flailing around, but if they're going to be, like, here's 20 minutes about, like, them failing, uh, about a failed, like, opera from, like, like 1910, I'm like, I don't get the joke. When's the funny thing going to happen again? That's a little well, bit like any, what's happening anytime with Anytime you this. watch a, any kind of parody about something that you're unfamiliar with, it's never yeah. amazingly funny. So, I can't think of any examples now, but there have been plenty of comedy stuff where they're riffing on something that I know nothing about, and I'm like, people find this funny, but it's yeah. because I don't know the source material and don't even realize it's a parody of something. What you gotta do, you gotta do it like The Simpsons, where the joke's funny even if you don't understand the context. <laughs> the par- if you're doing a parody. Uh, you know, I was, th- I was watching The Treasure of Sierra Madre last night, thinking about how we should do that for the podcast someday. And I was like, but I don't know how I could do that and not just make fucking Simpsons jokes the whole time, because I know... Uh, three men in a comic book was based off of the treasure for the Sierra Madre. So I would just spend the whole time talking about, okay, which one's Martin Prince, which one's Millhouse, which one's Bart. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know shit about that. Oh yeah, uh, that's just the name. Just the name alone makes me think, nah. <laughs> really? It's supposed to be one of the best Bogart movies because he's all like, he's got a oh, beard and he's all okay. alcoholic and. Oh, as alcoholic? That sounds unusual for him. But that, you know, but that, you need to, that's, just, that's supposed to the Catholic priest who plays in all his other films, I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's supposed to be one of his grittiest roles and one of the roles that he was the most proud of. I, like, mm. it seemed to go on forever, too, because I was watching okay. for a while last night, and I was like, man, I was, like, checking my watch. And this no, is, like, after I turned so- off uh, Bohemian that, Rhapsody. Just the- just the title of it sounds like it's going to be a long movie. Yeah. Oh, don't wanna, we'll be right, right back. Oh, don't wanna, we'll be right, right back. Oh, don't wanna, we'll be right, right back. We're coming right back after these messages. We're coming right back after these messages. Mr. Cox. Mr. Cox. Give him a minute, son. Dewey Cox needs to think about his entire life before he plays. From the time he was a boy. Ain't no six-year-old understand the true meaning of the blues. I reckon I might. I done a bad thing. Cut my brother in half. It's not bad for your first time. The music of Dewey Cox has had an effect on people. It's the devil's music! From the guy who brought you Talladega Nights and Superbad. You have got to give up this dream! You're never gonna make it! And maybe you don't believe in me after all. I do believe in you. I just know you're gonna fail. Columbia Pictures presents The Epic Journey. Welcome to the top of a mountain, and you see it's a long, hard walk. But I will walk hard. Of the man became a legend. Walk hard. The Beatles won't hang out, so I'm gonna go do that. With meditation, there's no limit to what we can imagine. This Christmas... I'm leaving you! You can take the children, but you leave me, my monkey. 
when it comes to music. I ain't good enough to follow Elvis. There's two things you need to know. I'm the king, and number two is look out, man. You see how close I came to your head? I can chop a man in half. I'm guilty as John. No legend is bigger than Cox. You about my new wife, Cheryl Cox T? Thanks, buddy Holly. What do you think, George Harrison? The one, the only, Dewey Cox. And thank you, Eddie Vader. Walk hard. What happened to you, Dewey? I don't know, but I know what happened to you. Patrick Duffy took a beating. Walk hard. My life has been blessed, from my singing, to my family, to my sausage. It doesn't say Cox, unless I say it tastes like Cox. Walk hard. We now return to Kissy Fern. Um, but yeah, uh, fucking Dewey Cox, I think he's in rehab again. And fucking, that's when Jonah Ray shows up as his dead brother, and they just yell at each other for a while. Is this... Have his, has his bandmates already told him off at this point? Because that was one of my I've favorite seen. parts. Okay. Uh, although we're kind of scanning kind of fast. Oh, uh, man, we're underprepared for this episode. <laughs> Hells yeah, we are. This is uh, what happens when I take no notes. Which is fine. This is like you know. I well, like I said, we didn't even necessarily have to talk about the beat by beat. We could have just done just like no. a general overview episode, which is fine. By well, me. that's fine. Well, yeah, we're, we we're already almost that. towards that the was, end. We're two or three some point way where the movie. his bandmates are telling him, uh, telling him off because. Oh yeah, that happens before the PCP freak out. Yeah. <clears throat> What's his name? The guy from um, Saturday Night Live. I don't yeah, know, the guy, the actually. white guy with the hair. Yeah, the white guy with the hair. I know exactly you're talking about because when he was in the movie, he's like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah, he screams "fuck you" at Dewey, and that was one of the funnier things. In the <laughs> That's movie. funny when like random shit like that in a movie can make you laugh. Like for no other reason, it's just like the inflection of something like that just catches you off guard. And you just laugh. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the, this Jonah Ray, not Jonah Ray, fucking Jonah Hill thing just goes on for a while because it seems like contractually obligated. If Jonah Hill's gonna show up in something, he he's not gonna follow a script. He's just gonna like, like fucking improv, and it's gonna be terrible. And that yeah. scene goes on forever. And then now it's the '70s. Yeah. And it, is this when he gets his life back together and tries Oh no, he when does he go see his dad? Let's see. Cuz he's okay, so it's the 1970s now. He's celebrity celebrity celebrities. <laughs> oh, he has his he has his show. Yeah, he has his like Variety Which again, hour. thinking about the Simpsons is very much which, the Simpsons already that, did this show. What joke. is that poking fun at? Oh, I, well, I know in The Simpsons, when they did their, like, Simpsons Variety Hour show is that joke, Is that poking fun at the share? Well, they had a... Well, I know The Simpsons, they had a Brady Bunch variety show that lasted for, A Brady like, Bunch, episodes. too? Yeah, and that, the fact that, that, like, they don't get Lisa, they get a fake Lisa, is a direct joke of, like, in The Brady Bunch, one of the girls didn't want to come back, so they got a fake Jan Yeah, or I can't believe she wouldn't want to do a shitty variety <laughs> exactly. hour. Exactly! But I think this specifically is more, yeah, I think it's like the Sonny and Cher thing, because, like, Dewey Cox, uh, he's out there with, like, Cheryl Teagues, and they're just singing the shitty duet. I do like, he's, like, standing in front of the sign that just says Dewey in the most 70s font possible. And, mm -hmm. like, it, this is actually, I, I get that they're making a joke of how shitty these shows were back in the day, but even then, this is, like, it, it's a little bit too close to being actually shitty. <laughs> like, it's kind of, like, I don't know, my, my, my mind started to wander a little bit. Um, I don't recall if I ever really watched any of those variety hours out, excluding like reruns of Laugh-In. Yeah, I, I just by virtue of me just being a couple years older than you, I think I caught a little bit more of that as a kid, just because I would, I, I was a little bit old enough to kind of see that kind of like dying off, that whole like television yeah. art form. 
but oh man, <laughs> I was just watching a bunch of Soul Train uh, <laughs> clips on TV the other day, and I didn't realize how much of Soul Train I had seen when I was like four, because my babysitters loved Soul Train. Um, hmm. And I was like, man, I like Soul, because Soul Train is more of a '70s thing. And when I was like four years old, it was, well, I guess that, that would have been like 1979. But uh, anyway, but <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah, I'm trying to. I'm scanning through. I'm trying to see when he talks to his dad again. It doesn't seem to happen for a while because there's all this '70s shit. Oh, that it is. Yeah, he talks to his dad. It is like, like towards the end of the '70s shit. Because like, it's all '70s stuff uh, for now. Because it's like, yeah, he has a show. Uh, you see him. He's got his huge mansion where he's like got like all these '70s stars who all look surprisingly good for the character. For like, they're playing these versions of themselves from like 50 years ago, yeah. well, for at least 40 years ago. And they're all pretty well bolted together. And, yeah, Cheryl Teagues and fucking Patrick Duffy from... Like, yeah, I think even uh, Dewey Cox is like, Patrick Dewey from... Patrick, Patrick Duffy from Dallas, you get out of my house, or whatever. Like, they get into fights and stuff like that. And it's Later just... On, yeah. Yeah, this is kind of like the decadent era where if... Like, whereas the 60s for Dewey Cox is all love and peace and trying to, like, have this perfect album, the 70s is just Dewey Cox at home. Or on his on a shitty variety show, just doing stupid shit with celebrities, and but yeah, then his dad does show up out of the blue to be like, "Hey." Well, no, no he goes and sees his dad at the farm. Does he? They oh, and then he interviews on. Jane Lynch real quick. Jane Lynch yeah. shows up. He's like this Barbara Walters thing, and <laughs> they bring up the fact oh, we forgot to mention that Dewey Cox he was so traumatized by the death of his brother he lost his oh. ability to, to smell. Yeah. And Dewey Cox has a public freakout on TV because Jane Lynch asks him, like, do you ever stop to smell the rose? And Dewey Cox like, you motherfucker, I lost your ability to smell. Why don't you do any research for this thing? Jane Cox, or Jane Lynch is totally just like, I don't know. Just, just, just doesn't give a shit, which I thought was actually kind of funny. Oh, and then right after that, like, you, they, they, yeah, they show him in bed. And, like, he's got, like, yeah, there's this Asian, like, with giant tits. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Anyway, um, but that's, that's, yeah, he decides... Uh, he's 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 having enough of an emotional downturn. Enough. He's being he's so unfulfilled by these hollow, coke field, seventies times that he's living in that he has to go home and and fight his dad. Well, no, he doesn't go home to fight his dad. He yeah, no, he talk, shows up. He shows up with a sword and shield. And then yeah. his dad's like, "Oh <laughs> no, like... it's fucking time for a machete fight." <laughs> I like his dad is not aged at all. Like they've never, like he's the, like it's the actor in the same exact clothes he was wearing at the beginning of the film. Like they didn't do anything to try to like mark the passage of time over like the fifty years of this the story having happened. No. But yeah, they get into an actual machete fight. And his God. dad swings so hard he cuts himself in half. And he even I he falls on the ground and I think he even says something like, "Oh, I had no idea it was so easy to cut yourself in half." And yeah, I see now that you, it was just a mistake that you killed your brother. That's what it is. I do like, yeah, that's what that's what convinces him that, like, Dewey Cox was not necessarily... Yeah, exactly. I thought that was kind of a funny story beat. That, like, his dad accidentally cutting himself in half is what gets him to finally reconnect with Dewey Cox. Then he realizes how easy it is to cut someone in half, which is fucking dumb as shit. And I just love how... I, I appreciate how shitty this whole... I've been cut in half special effect looks where it's obviously just someone standing in a hole. <laughs> it's just pretending to be... And it's yeah, very and just, story of Rikio. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of, actually. Oh, with yeah. less blood. 
Uh, I guess, like, Dewey Cox, he comes back to his mansion, has a freak out. That's when he punches Well, his Patrick dad Duffy. says, I'm going to tell you those three words you've been longing to hear. I love a bit he die. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And so Dewey Cox remains to be unfulfilled, and I think he's ripping out more shit out of the walls again. And well, his the one, whoever he's married to at this point says, if you rip that sink out, I'm leaving you. So he rips the sink out, and she says, I'm leaving you because you ripped that sink out. Yeah. Uh, it's Cheryl Teague's. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, he calls her like Cheryl Teague's Cox, which I thought was kind of funny. And he's just mm. like, yeah, we see that like he's ripped everything out of the walls and he's just sitting in a pile of his own garbage. And suddenly a little boy shows up. Mm-hmm. And he's, now he wants to be a father, so he starts dedicating his life to his family and his like 30 kids. And then it kind of turns into, for just a hot second, the uh, Partridge family. Which is, that's weird, too. Like, yeah, okay. Well, the little, so the little kid that shows up turns out to be Dewey Cox Jr. And, like, mm-hmm. he, he, he plays ball with Dewey Cox. And Dewey Cox is like, oh, I never got a chance to connect, connect with my dad the same way I'm connecting with you right now. I need to be a better dad. And that's where, yeah, it just cuts to, like, he's playing ball with, like, these 14 illegitimate kids. And, yeah, then they decide he decides to go on the road with the kids in a par- an extended Partridge Family joke. Which I yeah. didn't realize it was a Partridge Family joke until they started singing the Partridge Family theme song. Mm-hmm. And then I guess it jumps to suddenly it's 1992. And like, it's it's uh, Dewey Cox is just walking through the forest and suddenly his, his ex-wife shows up, Jenna Fisher. Yeah. And she's got like a, a gift for him. I don't know. Do we even see what? No, we don't even see what the gift was. She just shows. Oh no, she says what it is. It's in a big box, and it's, I think it's not a gift for him. It's a gift for one of the daughters. It's a bracelet. Oh okay. It's weird. It's not a joke. It's just a thing that happens. Yeah. Unless the jokes that it's in. Man, the movie's box. almost done. <laughs> like even though we are going beat by beat, we're still blasting through it pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, that's because our memories fail us, and we yeah. are forgetting a lot. And um, also, Dewey Cox kind of old now, which makes sense. It's 1992. Yeah. But they, yeah. they reconnect, and he misses her, and she misses him, and they hug, and now he said, asks her if she washed her hair, because it smells real nice, and now he can smell again. Oh, yeah, that's and, right. oh, man, he can smell the horse shit. Oh, it's great. Which, that's such a, like, Adam Sandler, like, oh, oh, yeah. of course, the worst thing's gonna happen, where he's gonna, like, I love the smell of horse shit. Why <laughs> did he, why was there horse shit? <laughs> yeah, There's I'm... no horses. That's supposed to be part of the joke. boop, boop, boop. Hmm. God. Yeah, I feel again. bad. I I know people love this movie, and I feel bad that no, we're not, not like adoring bad. it more. But it's okay. But it it is yeah, pretty. Yeah, I think that's that's the, the it's it's perfectly acceptable. It's yeah. It made me chuckle a couple times. It's not the funniest thing, but it's also not the greatest. Thing, you know. Yeah, it's, it's fine. That, there's nothing about it that's objectively bad, but yeah, it's just kind of yeah. Again, it's 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 kind of like a sweaty Saturday Night Live movie. That's really it's, what it is. It, yeah, it's it's um. If you like to be, oh, I know who that guy is. Cameo movies. That's half the movie. Yeah, really, seriously. Yeah, um, I stood up five times in the theater and said, "I know that guy." Screamed it, and they had to be ushered out by the theater staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then suddenly, the, the the son of Harold Ramis shows up. Lachaim Jr. shows mm-hmm. up and says, "Hey, I got a, I got something to show you." And he pops open a laptop, and it turns out that a rapper named Little Nutsack mm-hmm. has made a huge hit. Uh, Which you know that's that's a that's a joke of a, about the name, but there's probably rappers with way worse names than that now. No, that sounds like an actual rapper that would exist. Exactly. Yeah. I, th- this is actually one of my funnier. I did laugh at this whole bit by, like, sit down. They watch a little Nutsack's video, 
And so what little Nutsack has done is taken Walk Hard and just taken the word hard from that song and just dropped it in so everyone's just talking about how much they're gonna fuck, how much they're gonna kill each other. Like, it's this, like, terrible, like, rap song with just, like, just sampling Walk Hard in the tiniest little bit. But now this, this because they've done this, this stands to make Dewey Cox a fortune and uh, reintroduce Dewey Cox is... To a, whole new to a whole new generation, and yeah. I love it especially because Dewey Cox is like 80 years old, and he's like in no way really in any shape to like mount a comeback. But that's what he decides to do, and he decides. To and, well, he's also old. no, he's not going to mount a comeback, but he's getting a lifetime achievement. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, and so, but yeah, he's not going to perform at the lifetime achievement show if he can't round up his old uh, bandmates, and so that's what he does. Yeah, and just Except, the... uh, he goes to the oh, so he, oh, and one of the jokes was. His, uh, Tim Meadows, uh, decades earlier had yelled at him for never paying for any drugs. Dewey mm-hmm. Cox shows up with a giant bag over of weed. Yeah. Pays him back. And, mm-hmm. yeah, that pretty much... He, he brought the cheapest drug you can get. It's probably about... Yeah, that's a good point, actually. should have brought him some... <laughs> oh, do you ever see The Wolf of Wall Street? No. Oh, God, what's the drug that they do in there that's supposed to be so rare and expensive? That's not Quaaludes, is it? I don't it's know. F- <laughs> Speaking of Jonah Hill... Anyway, Flash Warren, it's the Lifetime... They don't even see what this is. It's not even necessarily the Lifetime Country Music Awards. It's just, like, the Lifetime Achievement thing. And mm. they've got, like, Jewel and blah, blah, blah guy. And Lyle Lovett. Lyle Lovett. The other guy, I have no idea who the fuck he is. Ghostface Killer. <laughs> They're all singing Walk Hard. Dewey Cox, mm. he's walking through the hallways. A couple of girls show up to him and try to fuck him. They, and he's, they let he Jewel res- yodel. God, yeah, and she yodels for five minutes, too, and it's really like, oh, my God. Also, shows how old this movie that, like, even Jewel, who I guess even by the time this movie came out, she was already a decade past her prime, which makes her 20 years past her prime now as we're talking about about it. Like, Uh, yeah, the fact that she's in this. I do like that one of the girls that hits on Cox, and he says, no, thank you, I'm going to go home to my wife or whatever. She's like, oh, that guy fucked my grandma. (laughs) Which I do, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah, Ghostface Killer, he comes out, like, yeah, they're kind of doing the little Nutsack remix, a little bit of Walk Hard, and, yeah. Um, there's not a lot to this movie! Really, it's just kind of like, that's a thing, and then, uh. And then he did, I I do like, uh, he goes in and sees Tim Metal one more time, because it's been a running joke that he keeps popping in, and he's like, get out of here, Dewey, you don't want no part of this. But this time, it's Viagra, it gives you a boner. And he says, no, I don't don't want none of that. And he's like, did you hear me? I said it gives you a boner. And then he leaves and he's like, I I can't give in to those temptations. And it's such a stupid joke that made me laugh. The temptations are the whole singing. And he just goes, ah, the temptations. And runs away. (laughs) It's so stupid, but it made me laugh. flew those guys in just for that one joke. And like, I wonder if it's one of those things in the cutting room. They were like, you know, we don't necessarily need this joke. This movie's already going long enough as it is. And they're like, ah, no, keep it. It's the fucking temptation. Which I just said half the temptations were dead anyway, but I guess maybe not. Yeah. Uh, so, like, he's in his dressing room, and he's getting ready, and suddenly, like, all the oh, dead yeah. people in his life come back start telling him how great he is. And and his reflection and his inner child and his feminine side. Oh, yeah. I, this, I thought that the feminine man, sign was a little bit of a bit... This little joke too far, where I'm like, okay, I get the joke. He's an ugly woman. Yeah, yeah, and that, too, is not... It's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this is his own little pep talk to himself, and then... We're full, suddenly full looped back to the beginning where he's walking out to perform and Tim Meadows is following him and the usher is all like, why, why is he suddenly stopped? He needs to go out on stage. And then Tim Meadows says, 
when Dewey Cox go out, he needs to think about his whole life, and then Dewey Cox goes out. Yep, he sings a new song. The last song he writes. And oh, it's like A Beautiful Life or something like that, yeah. yeah. Which everybody was, loves it, and hurrah, yeah. hooray. This is, I think this is inspired when he reconnected with uh, Jenna Fisher earlier, and he's like, this is a beautiful new life, and he was like, oh, that's a great idea for a song. And then he sings yeah. the song, and there's no punchline. It's just no. he sings the song. Until and then the he died three minutes after. Three minutes after. <laughs> that's that's actually that may be my favorite joke of the whole film was actually that right there. And that's <laughs> is that it? There's no other postcode or anything like that for. Oh, no, you, you at see? the very end of the credits, he sings a little bit of Walk Hard, I guess. And yeah. And that's then there's no joke there. It just ends. Oh, uh, there's a little bit where um, his manager dies in the crowd. Mm. And mm-hmm. his force ghost vo- <laughs> shows up and joins the force ghosts of all the other people in his life. Yeah. Right before like the movie ends, and that's that's Walk Hard, the Duke Cox story. Yeah, that's didn't it. Didn't blow my ass open, but it also didn't give me diarrhea. <laughs> I'm just picturing your ass being like the end of Scanners, just like that guy in Scanners, <laughs> like that animated gif, just like being shot apart with a shotgun, just exploding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god. But yeah, that's that was fine. That was yeah. okay. Uh, if, if that just, all this does is make me, guarantees that when the Oscars happens in a couple hours, if Bohemian Rhapsody wins anything, I'm going to just be that much more infuriated. That's all this yeah. movie has earned me. <laughs> like, I had a good, I had an okay time watching it. Um, I kind of wonder if I kind of fucked this too by I mean, choosing at this the, point, the extended cut. Because I wonder the, if this were more tightly edited, if, if it would have been better. Mm, yeah. I, you probably wouldn't get as many penis, though. Penis was... At least that was remarkable. <laughs> At least that was something that happened in the movie. Um, nothing in this movie happened quite that was ever quite as funny. Did you ever see what's what was it Little Nicky, the Adam Sandler Satan movie, mm-hmm. where he shows up and there's a th- the devils are into really he's like Popeye's fried chicken and he makes yeah. a big bucket of fried chicken disappear and the devils yeah. are all like this Popeye's chicken is the shiznits and I remember mm-hmm. even seeing that as a kid and I was like oh my god this is like. Like, that silence is kind of funny, and also, that is the most abrupt product placement I've ever seen in a movie. And it kind of made me laugh, but not in the way they were intending it to. I was like, oh my god, that's terrible. Which I guess he's, he somehow managed to uh, outdo himself by having, was it like fucking the guy from The Godfather singing about Dunkachinos or something like that in another Adam Sandler movie? Anyway, I don't know why I'm suddenly talking about Adam Sandler at the end of this. I don't know why either. Um, but yeah, so thank you Judd Apatow or Jake Kasdan for making an okay movie about yeah. a very niche thing, mm-hmm. I guess. I guess. Yeah. There, yeah Maybe there's we much... would have liked it better if we saw more of the movies it was riffing on. Yeah, I'll have to keep that in mind in the future. Like, this is no pumping iron. <laughs> which, wow, that's, that's a weird thing to see. Which, that's also yeah. a completely arbitrary <laughs> comparison, because, yeah, the only thing they have in common is the fact that we just did pumping iron last week. Um, yeah. But yeah, it'd be kind of like if we saw a documentary that's a parody of dump, Pumping Iron documentaries. And they yeah. were just like, oh yeah, I guess that's a parody of something. I don't know, I guess. I don't know. Blah, 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 but yeah. Yeah. Or a parody anyway. of a rom-com. I don't really watch rom-coms enough to know anything about. Yeah, and I think they've already done... parody. I, I think there is, like, a parody of rom-coms is kind of its own genre now. Because mm-hmm. you have, like... Well, maybe not parodies, oh, but sure. there's definitely, like... 
there's there's been a couple things in the last decade I've seen where people have been like, this is a, an amazing takeoff on all the wrong comedies you've ever. Well, there's one. There's a movie out now. Where yeah, I'm there's like with... parodies, but then there's also send ups. Yeah, well, yeah, there's but there's types. even out right now. There's like some kind of send up of wrong cons in the theaters right now, starring like well, Rebel Wilson that I saw. Which mm. I don't think it's supposed to be yet. Like as specifically, like Dewey Cart, Dewey Cox. God, they spent a lot of time making cock jokes in this movie. That's one of the things that really makes it feel like a sweaty yeah, Saturday Night Live movie. Yeah, I did. The only one that really made me laugh was um, when uh, his wife comes back and they're reconnecting. He says that she don't want none of his old dirty cocks. And that was the only uh, one I was that like, I was like, uh, <laughs> and then I, I moved on with my life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm looking at all the the, the song credits in the opening. Uh, the, yeah, the song credits in the yeah and credits of the film. Uh, it's mostly just. Uh, the original songs are almost entirely just Judd Apatow, John C. Riley, and Jake Kasdan. Like, there's doesn't yeah. seem to be like any. It's not like they hired anyone super famous to. I like one of the songs is like "Gotta Stand by Your Negro." Oh, I forgot mm. that's one of the things Dewey Cox starts singing that song, and that's like yeah. Daniel Craig Robinson's all like, "What the fuck is he singing?" Um, yeah, that's the one when he t- has to fill in for the black. Uh, yeah, and he actually does sing that guy's song, and that yeah, he gets all. Well, like, they tell him just it. sing his song. Just sing his song, and it's just, that's the joke. Is like he was singing a Negro song, a boo boo boo, a boo 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 boo, a boo boo boo. So what are, we yeah. doing, what are we doing next time? I don't know. I haven't had time to think about it in the slightest. So here's the scope. Here's what's been happening on the podcast. <laughs> Daniel's wife had to go out of town for the last week, so he spent the whole last week taking care of a baby. So he didn't have a mm-hmm. lot of time to watch Bill shenanigans and then talk about Bill shenanigans. And so <laughs> things are kind of, kind of it's the, you're talking about a podcast where one of the hosts have a newborn, not really newborn. He's a year old now, year plus. Correct. But still have a baby. Which and is, have, which is, it's worse than a newborn. A newborn just lays there and yeah. craps themselves and sleeps. Now he's running around and like chattering and developing a personality, can manipulate yeah. objects and throw things and yeah. And kill them himself easily if you don't watch him. Oh god! Can you just tie him down until he's he's like six? I mean, th- no, <laughs> no. Put a collar and chain on him. Just chain him to the to, to the crib. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. But that was yeah, yeah. That kept me. Yeah, very you, busy you you've week, had so you've had, had life stuff going anything. on, so yeah. Uh, you you barely had enough time to watch the movie and talk about it this week, much less think about what you're gonna do next. But um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Of, I don't have any suggestions or anything like that. I don't know. Yeah, Is I'll there been anything it else we've been talking it's, about? It's life is gonna get less crazy after this, so. Wait, what are you planning on doing? Oh, no, just on all the shows that I've had lined up. Oh, that's right, because you've been doing shows. That sounds like a threat, though. You're talking about the kid. Like, (laughs) soon I'm going to simplify my life in ways that can't be imagined. No, so it's just life. It's going to be less busy, busy for me, so. That's fine. But then it. it's, I don't know what you're going to do for the two weeks, because I'm going to be gone for two weeks in March. I'm going to Disney. Oh, yeah, it's the beginning of March, too, right? uh, Second week, so. You can either have a guest, you could take that time off and just relax. I should do a call-in show. Oh my goodness, those are always <laughs> the best. Well, Bill's got a riff on, on the two listeners we have who would call in with a call-in show. And just like, yeah, stretch that out for two hours. Uh, hey, hey, so who wants to talk about uh, Crackdown 3 was terrible? Anyone want to talk about that for a while? And like mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh, well, it's terrible. There's nothing to say. It's just there wasn't anything. To- There's oh, been a okay. lot of bad video games lately. Well, that's so like, we big want to stretch budget. out this episode, yeah. Big budget. I I finally well, I finally beat Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Well, 
I that, mean, we just had this, like, this last well, Friday. Fi- well, fine to play and a good distraction to, like, fill your time. That is... I, it might be the worst writing in a video game I've ever seen. How long did it take you to beat that? It was like I don't hours. know because I left it paused a lot while I was taking care of my son. Wow. So the the in the in clock game said I had been playing it for ninety hours, but it definitely was not ninety hours. I before the previews for Kingdom Hearts three started coming out, like right before release, I for some reason had it built up into my head that like. With Disney essentially being an entirely different company than the Disney that it was when they first signed on to start making Kingdom Hearts games with Square Enix, I assumed that Disney would have exercised a little bit of control over the the the, the third game where they would okay you got to cut out some of the bullshit and focus this more back on the Disney shit or at least the combination of Disney and Final Fantasy stuff that the first game was supposed to be about, but no. Like, that game is even more, like, there's no Final Fantasy shit, and it even doubles down more on the weird-ass Japanese weird sh- Like, the shit that the guy made up is, like, not even Final Fantasy characters, but his Oh, that's what weird... the entire last section is. Oh, are you, are you serious? Like, even yeah. after, like, you finish, like, and the last they, Disney they, World and it's nothing they but... They oh, it all on you. Like, they could have spaced it out through the entire game, but it's all in the last, like, two hours of the game. <clears throat> Damn. Yeah, I just finished the tangled part, and I could not even. I, I really like, need you to play the pirates part because it's so inexplicably confusing. So and what is it? It's because it's tangled, frozen pirates, big hero. That's it. So I'm already actually like a third through the game. And Hercules. To, yeah. Oh, uh, I forgot fucking Hercules. What of a great did, fucking world a... to start off on. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Even. Yeah. Uh... I do. I was watching part of the Pirates of the Caribbean movie that, that was a dead man's chest. That like I was watching parts of that I've seen that show up as as cutscenes in that game. Thinking while watching that movie, thinking, yeah, I could see how like if you take one of the most confusing Pirates of the Caribbean movies and combine that with it being one of the most confusing Kingdom Hearts games, I could see how that world would be extra. Like, what the fuck am I? What? Why am I here? And what am I doing? <laughs> why does Jack Sparrow keep turning into crabs? Jesus Christ! Which is something that's really that that is not, that's more of a part of the thing in the third movie. Anyway, but yeah. Well, also this past Friday too. Even King, Kingdom Hearts aside, we had like a triple decker sandwich of shit where we had Anthem, uh, Anthem, Far Cry New Dawn, and Crackdown Three all launch on the same day, and mm-hmm. neither of them are seem to be abjectly terrible. Although I've seen some people take a pretty heavy hammer to Anthem. But it's weird that, like, in the middle of fucking February, we just had these three big games all land at the same time, and everyone was just like, ugh. Um, it sounds like Far Cry New Dawn is the most non-terrible, just because it's an expansion pack for the last Far Cry game, which wasn't necessarily bad, but I've seen people just say for the little, the, the tiny amount of content you get in that expansion for 40 bucks is definitely not worth it. But yeah, yeah. It's, been a, it's been a weird time for video games in the last couple weeks. Yeah. So what are you going to play now that you're done with Kingdom Hearts? Uh, I don't know. Do you just, if you could get Crackdown 3 on sale, it's not fine for no, six hours. No, get Game Pass! You, like, no. there's a sale right now. You can get $2 for Game Pass, and then you could just be, like, uh, fucking Crackdown 3 in, in six hours, and that's it, and then just cancel your subscription. Mm. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do next. I don't... Yeah. yeah. Right now, I'm just kind of plucking away. Maybe I've get been... some more trophies in Kingdom Hearts before I send it back to Gamefly, because I did not buy that. Oh, congratulations. That was a smart <laughs> move. Um, I've actually been playing a lot of... Uh, 
uh, NES games on the Switch. I beat uh, Zelda 2, and I've just been going back and playing the original Super Mario Brothers games, too, which that's been fun. Well, Super Mario 2 just came out on there, too, so playing for that. Uh, without any yeah, I would. I would be playing a lot of Tetris 99, but... Um... Oh yeah, that's right. I don't like any of the controllers that I could use for it. You were talking about that. They all have issues. What was the solution that, uh, um, was it Mikey J? Wait, who? Oh, J, wait, no, Matthew J. No, Matt uh, J. Jonathan Mitchell. Oh, Jonathan Mitchell. I'm sorry, Jonathan yeah. Mitchell, if you're listening. No, uh, what some, was there his was something, solution? There's a little Bluetooth dongle that you can use to plug in, like, uh, uh old, uh, Wii Pro controllers or whatever. What's but better? those are... Those are too smushy for me to play Tetris with. Like the shoulder buttons, it take you can't just click it. It's got that. Clicky, it's got yeah. that. It's got that resistance because they were uh, pseudo GameCube controllers. Uh, what if you got like the NES controllers for the Switch? Because, well, I guess the shoulder buttons are very tiny on there. They're not like the big, but they wouldn't be. Spongy, I, th- I think I can maybe use the Super Nintendo controller, but then you can't use the right stick to decide who you're gonna th- dump your. See, that's what on. I'm wondering. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, because so the Super the the Pro controller is not gonna do it for you either. The Pro controller has an issue where when you do a hard drop and you push up, sometimes you'll bump the. Uh, the left analog stick and it'll cause you to Jesus. Uh, fuck up. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any other like. I'm sure you've already done way more thinking about this than I could in just like ten seconds. But like, yeah, I'm trying to try to think of any other. Oh man, I don't know what could help you out there. Yeah, nah, it's fine. Ugh, it's not a big deal. Okay. Uh, what? Yeah, what if you could connect a Wiimote with uh, the nunchuck? Would that do Ooh. anything? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> There's gotta be some way. If you can connect a Wii Pro Controller, yeah, that's that's a good call. Nah, it's not a big deal. Just be thankful it's not all just movement controls. It could be worse. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Hey, that was Dewey Cox. <laughs> <laughs> well, even with that padding, we're still only an hour and 14 minutes. So we, yeah, I'm fine with wrapping Yeah, we're fine. Um, this is what the podcast would be hours. like if we, did, if, if we weren't hewing to our format of talking about movies i mean granted that's a half the pop culture podcast in the world is just two guys talking about video games for two hours but um but yeah so yeah there's nothing coming out anytime soon too it's kind of quiet um i'm trying to think what the next big game is i guess anthem crackdown 3 and uh, and i still need to be resident evil resident evil 2 how far did you get into that that um i got uh to i think it just got to the lab that's a decent way. I mean, yeah. Were you playing as Leon? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I so. need to go back and beat the the Claire B mission on that. Um, what? Oh, I was waiting to see because I guess there's supposed to be DLC coming out for that. And I think I was waiting. Man, I'm almost tempted to wait because you know me. I do all this shit all the time with like pop culture. Yeah, and then you I'll, never play I it. I never do it. But part was like, man, I'd like, I'd like, especially I've heard that Claire's mission is similar enough to Leon's mission that it's it's a little kind of redundant. Barnum's like, man, if I just wait until, like, Halloween, mm. like, that'd be fucking good. Just save that shit. Then it'll be just enough time from the, from the first time I played it that'll be more fresh if I just wait, like, six months. Yeah. I don't know. And I still have to go right. play through uh, Resident Evil 7 now, too, because I've got that disc, but I and I also now have the, uh, uh the fucking, what's it called? The, the VR headset. I can fire that up and Mm, yeah. You know. Anyway, yeah, what else? Anyway, we got, that's it. Yeah, we got nothing else. That's it. I'm going to man. Go. I'm trying to think of anything else we can talk about in the near future, but yeah, I can't think of anything. Especially, well, you said you're gonna have more time, so we don't have to necessarily focus on anything that's short, right? 
Not necessarily, no. Yeah, because I know, like, you were tr- you were hoping to, like, ta- find something short so we could have combined two episodes last week. Or at least we could have recorded two episodes at the same time. Um, but yeah, yeah my okay, list of yeah. stuff I want to tackle. Um, top Secret. You had that on the list for because it's got music and stuff, I think. For Yeah, Top Secret. And uh, I always confuse that with um, Real Genius. Mm, and those yeah. are two recent editions uh, that I've been thinking about doing stuff. Link's Awakening, they just announced that remake. I need to decide if I want to replay the original before the, the yeah, remake I don't comes think out. Get, I don't know if you get anything from it. Yeah. I don't know if you'd be interested in playing it again just so we can uh, talk about it. Oh, the I love the shit too. out of that game. Yeah. I guess it could be one of those things where, like, like I could just play it again and you could just have your own notes about it from, like, you know, like if you want to play. But, hmm. I guess you, we could have to get the ROM because I was going to say, like, trying to figure out how I think easy I have the cart play. somewhere. I've got I've got it on my like you know cuz they put it out for the 3DS. Yeah. Like I've got a 3DS around here somewhere where that has it on there but and mm. we could just shout okay, I'm just dragging things on. The black hole. <laughs> the peanuts movie. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm just thinking about stuff. <laughs> okay. yeah, that's fine. Yeah, now we can end this um uh I thought of an ending earlier, but then now it's gone. Dewey oh, Cox, is, is it anything related to music biopics, the Oscars, to John C. Riley, to singing, uh, the podcast? So, the podcast was canceled three minutes later. Yeah, Bill's uh, gotta go. Bill's gotta go get ready for the Oscars, and uh, oh, I gotta go shave you, my pubes and put on my <laughs> put on my if, tux. If Bohemian Rhapsody winds up winning, you can find him naked in the streets, overturning cars with the power of his his drugs. <laughs> Seriously, oh my, that movie! I hate the over. It's it's not even like it's that bad. It's just, it's just, just, just uh, and <laughs> yeah, people are stupid. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Oscars are also stupid, so. Yeah, I'm just rooting for Olivia Coleman and Spider-Man, and that's pretty much just it. So I'm going to mm. shut up and let everyone... I guess the favorite is nominated for Best Picture, though. I'd like to see that one. But that's not going to happen, because people are stupid. Okay, we'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah, he's muttering on Twitter. I'm the Grumpy Turtle on Twitter. Type podcast, Twitter, podcast.com. Find us on Discord, all that stuff. And until next time, keep feeling your whole culture. So long, everybody. Take care, guys. I feel like I need to get a <laughs> so I can like like in concert with you as your you could just re- learn what I say and just say it at the same time like do it with the same cadence over the oh that'd time. be creepy especially your voices are different enough that would <laughs> that would prefer, that would probably create an accidental uh, brown note that would kill people yeah um, but yeah okay I'm gonna st- stop the podcast hey, have you heard the news Dewey Cox died Why? Hey! Have you heard the news? Dewey Cox died today Dead? Mm. Oh, these cookies! Put that cookie down! Now!